Welcome to CTN, CIO Talk Network, with your host, Sunjoe Gall. All comments, views, and opinions expressed on this show are strictly those of the host, guests, and callers. Now, here's Sunjoe Gall. Hello, and uh, welcome to this segment on CTN. To learn more, please visit CIOTalkNetwork.com. Our topic for today is technology, candle, and the light bulb. And our guests for today's show are Jeff Hutchinson, who is the Chief Information Officer with Bombardier. Hey, Jeff, how are you? I'm doing great today. Thanks for having us. Oh, thanks for uh, joining us. And we also have Renee Buren, who is the Chief Information Officer with Page Group. Hi, Renee, how are you doing? I also very well from central London. Thank you very much. Oh, great. Thank you. Um, so the reason we wanted to get together today is uh, this concept of a candle and a light bulb was brought up by by people who always mentioned that you can use a candle and a light bulb independently, but then in case you wanted to innovate, you can only improve a candle so much, but it cannot really mimic what a light bulb can do. And and the reason we are bringing this up is because we have business performance and customer experience. These are the two main agenda items for most businesses. And what we find is if you are looking at living with the legacy tools and processes and systems, you can only go so far. And at the same time, if you only do innovation, you cannot just rip and replace everything that you've done in legacy. So so both of them have to coexist and we need a healthy coexistence. How do we do it? What does emerging technology uh, do or can do to help in this uh, regard? That's what we wanted to discuss. So, so let's start with you, Jeff. So we are hearing businesses reporting that they are able to do some innovation and some transformation, but not a whole lot because they are burdened by the legacy mindset, processes, peoples, and tools. What is the reality on the ground? So, you know, it's a very great question to ask. And um, as I look at the corporation that we're in, for example, plus prior ones I've worked in, I've worked in mainly large corporations and both in consulting. By all means, there's a balance out there. And the, the balance is no corporation, or probably no corporation, has unlimited funds to just say, okay, I'm going to throw away the past. Even if they did, the disruption that it would cause would be too much for the corporation to handle. Yet at the same time, we also need to think about how do we balance that need for that innovation? And too often we see some of the innovation being, you know, the buzzwords. To, to, are people saying, oh, this is something cool or sexy or exciting that I need to go do. And it really, realistically, as ISIT providers, so both of us are CIOs, it's really trying to understand how we're going to make things go forward and how we actually make things work. You know, I think back to the past, and you know, Henry Ford once said, if I had asked people what they wanted, they would have said a faster horse. And our job within the ISIT realm is how do we get our colleagues to imagine the future, but to do it in such a manner that it's not just about the technology. Innovation, new ways of doing things in most areas and most businesses is about the enabling new processes, new leading ways of doing things, new transformation that's enabled by a technology where it makes sense. And if you kind of think about how some of those have actually come by, is and I'll give you a real quick story, and then I'll, I'll go, shut up for a second. We, um, when I one time went by an HR organization, and the HR organization person said, hey, Jeff, let me show you my new digital HR system. And I said, cool, let me see it. Well, they show me employee self-service. And I stepped back, of course, I didn't say it to them, but I stepped back and thought about it for a second and said, wait a second, that's not digital. That's just automation we should have done years ago. So we get caught in this innovation mindset where buzzwords are hitting us, such as like the word digital. And I have a very narrow definition to the word digital 
and, to, and basically I simply use the word digital meaning new and or enhanced products or services that we deliver to our external colleagues, our external customers. Everything else is automation we probably should have done years ago. But it's that continuous idea of how we balance and how we move forward of, of bringing both of those that's really going to, what's going to drive success. So I actually think we do both. We look where the opportunities are to fundamentally drive change, and then we leverage at the same time the legacy environments where it makes sense to help the stability, to help moving the needle forward on both sides of the house. Renee, what have you seen happening? So, Jeff, that's a great response. So, Renee, do you see people getting all enamored with all these latest technologies and forgetting what in the first place they are supposed to deliver? And that's where we are stuck saying we don't like legacy and we like innovation? Yeah, first of all, I don't think there is any company who, who, did not, who does not have that on the agenda. Everyone discusses it. But different industries uh, have different challenges. If, if your legacy systems are, for instance, a bank, provide services to, to, to clients and customers, it's very hard to change your legacy system because you have to change your contracts with your, with your customers and clients. Um, if you are a small company with something new, uh, it's probably a lot easier uh, when you have a legacy system to, to re replace it. Uh, so the agenda, I believe everyone has, has the agenda. Uh, why, why is it that some, some then have issues with it and, and, and others don't? And I, I struggled with this quite uh, um, a long time. And I think uh, having worked in change now for probably over 25 years, uh, the key, key asset there is to get your executive team behind it. Uh, are we going for it as a company or not? Uh, it's not difficult. People say IT is not willing to change. It's not difficult to convince IT people that we are going to invest in them uh, and they get the opportunity to learn new tools, technologies, uh, exciting stuff. Uh, likewise, why should business employees object if you create something more up-to-date and modern? Uh, so with this in mind, it is true that legacy environments have grown very uh, 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 complex, but uh, not many, uh, many, so internal customers in IT, internal customers uh, in, in the business, but even, even external customers would object to bring something new, especially if you reduce complexity uh, and therefore cost and move these costs towards your external customers. I believe uh, uh, that uh, sets the ground of finding that right balance between innovation and, say, incremental change or, or continuous improvement. So, Jeff, given what Renee mentioned, and if I understood it correctly, uh, we should not hold a stigma either against legacy or innovation. So like you mentioned, Jeff, in your example about that HR system, yes, we should have done it years ago. And maybe there was a reason why it wasn't done because the payroll system or that employee self-service system and not was not present. It was really not making that big of a dent. So someone made a decision on not going that route. How are these decisions even being made? Is someone just saying, I want to do something cool, so automate my system, so we start spending money on it? That's what uh, takes us out of legacy and at least keep our systems modernized? Or is this really a business reason after every spend that you see happening? So in our case, um, we're a roughly a $16 billion global business. And that's, you, most company people say that's a good-sized business. But we're actually a small fish in a big pond. Our direct competitors are 60 billion, 120 billion, and one even larger than that. So we don't have the funds, the investments to just say, okay, everyone gets to go do what they want to go do, even though there might be a very good business case for their unique needs. 
So what we actually have done is we've, we had to put a little more discipline into the overall way we look at things. Because if we don't put the discipline in, what we end up with is islands of processes, islands of automation, which people have talked about in the past. You end up with individual work cells or teams or whatever maximizing their efficiency totally, but not realizing that the end-to-end processes, the end-to-end approach may actually be far less than they could be in the past. You know, when we see a lot of this con- legacy customizations that were taking place, it's very much geared back to how I can maximize my little kingdom that I have to do. So we've actually changed the approach and said, wait a second. Yeah, there's opportunities to bring new capabilities, new, new things to the table. And we actually look back to something of the past. If you go back into the late 80s and early 90s and 2000, there was a high emphasis on end-to-end processes, business process modeling, business process change, et cetera. And then there's been a, a renewal of that when people have been talking about digital transformation and digital processes, and it goes beyond my definition, as I said, but you know, that's put some renewed interest. What we actually start looking at now is say, okay, is that investment going to help move the needle for the corporation? Are we going to gain increased sales and market share? Or are we going to reduce our cost of operations and make us more profitable? If we are, how is that impacting the overall operation of the corporation? And then what enabling technology is going to help us get, that, get it where it needs to get to? So that drives the technology decision a little bit toward the end, but not from a point of view of, of not being involved early, up front, but really puts the focus back into why are, we, why are we doing it? We're not doing it because it's cool, or we're not doing it because we just want a lot of money to invest on new things. We're, we're doing it because we're really trying to drive that growth, that growth part of the business, or we're trying to drive down or the costs we have were more profitable on, this, on the other part of the business, or maybe faster to the market share, whatever the cases are. And that, it's, it's that mixture of making those hard decisions at an enterprise level, working with the business units, working with the functions, that is, substantial, that is enabling us to take the investment limit that we have and be more competitive than our, than our larger competition can be. Let's take a quick break, listeners. We'll be right back. And, Renee, when we come back, love to touch on this maintenance cost that we know comes with the legacy systems and processes, et cetera. And, and if we were to invest a whole lot in it, we want to make sure that we get corresponding returns. But there is also a report that after some time, legacy systems start providing or giving diminishing returns. How do we... Yeah. invest the least we could and get the most value given the direction we are going so that the funds that we have could be put where the best returns are possible and hopefully in the innovation side versus keep pumping money into legacy systems. So what would that secret formula be? Let's uh, Listeners, please stay tuned. We'll be right back and explore. Predict your company's future by creating it. Is your workforce able to connect, exchange ideas, and share brilliance simply and securely? Create tomorrow, today. Empower your people to innovate anytime and anywhere with secured BlackBerry Enterprise mobility management and document sharing solutions. To learn more, visit blackberry.com forward slash enterprise. Patient-centered care requires a connected enterprise. Are you ready? If you're looking to scale your healthcare IT efforts, visit redmain.com forward slash health today. Whether it's to connect data from multiple partner solutions or developing software for unique needs, Redmain can help. To find out how Redmain can help your company deliver on the patient-centered care promise, visit redmain.com forward slash health or call 773-693-3919. Visit today. 
your growing business needs a highly productive workforce, effectively communicating and collaborating without exposing corporate data to cyber attacks. Are you looking to balance security and workforce productivity? Move beyond short-term measures and securely scale your business with BlackBerry Enterprise Mobility Management Solutions. To learn more, please visit blackberry.com forward slash enterprise. You are listening to CTN, CIO Talk Network, with Sunjo Gall. To learn more about our program, please visit CIOTalkNetwork.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. So, Renee, we know that organizations have to bear heavy maintenance costs for legacy and, in many cases, the continuous improvement efforts. So, what would be a good way to tackle the investments so that we get the least amount of infusion of funds for the most returns? Yeah, thank you. I think that's a great uh, uh, question. First of all, I divide maintenance cost and and change. Uh, So maintenance is a commoditized service which we have to do, and IT managers are supposed to do this at the most efficient way. And business people expect IT staff to do this. And this cost cannot be prevented. So maintenance has to happen. But then for change, this is another story. Uh, First of all, we need to have the discussion about a direction, a strategic roadmap. Where does the company want to go? What is a midterm plan, for instance, uh, uh, for any change? or continuous improvement, um, and I think we we discussed already uh, a a discipline, is to have a demand process uh, in in play. So every change request needs to be justified. So the first step in that justification, I always call uh, a worth analysis, sometimes called a benefit case. It is, doesn't, I don't spend any time on it. It is a two-hour meeting with relevant people to say, does this idea make sense? I've seen documents to justify change, which took weeks to produce. And when the head of the BU saw this, he said, are you mad? No way we are going to do that. So we spent a lot of time on creating a business case for something which uh, executive management said, no way, this is a waste of time. So that worth analysis is a very important uh, a point for any change, incremental and even innovation. Uh, innovation is a slightly different uh, case where I come back later, but for incremental change, that, that is important. If, if we then say, well, it is a good idea, let's then go into a, a business case and one of the questions to ask in that business case is, does this change, is this part, can this wait until we have a strategic change ready, or do we have to do this now because there is something critically needed in the business? We are losing money or we are, uh, have an excessive cost. So a tactical change or an incremental change is absolutely needed before we uh, go into a, uh, uh, say, a, in, into a strategic change. So, I mean, that is, for me, the answer. Maintenance cost we need to do, change. We all follow, follow a process whether or not it delivers the value for the business that we uh, uh, want it to deliver. And then tactical, if we can prevent it, we should. If we have a real issue, we then, uh, uh, for instance, we are losing money, we, we need to do it, uh, uh, and then we, we agree. This limits the number of, uh, of, of incremental changes enormously, in my uh, experience. And uh, we can spend more time on looking at the innovative ideas, uh, looking at strategic change, which moves the company, say, to a, to a new place. Uh, 
Does that answer the question? No, it definitely does, and I wanted to build upon it. So, Jeff, when you go about looking at continuous improvement, pure legacy maintenance, and innovation, let's take these three. Do you create very clear, isolated buckets and look at where do I spend money for me to get the most value, or you have... Uh, an isolated or rather siloed view of let me spend this money here, let me get the most value, or let me save a buck wherever I can. What's your what's your portfolio strategy? Divide and conquer, or look at it holistically. Um, we look at it holistically, but I but I really like what Renee was saying on worth the the worth analysis. Now, we, we've done a, a more of a business case approach in the past, and we, have, we do do a small C money to get some upfront work to really try to better understand it. But we haven't thought about it in the worth analysis, and it's a, it's a unique way. I like the way he's thinking about that, and it's something I'm going to put some more time into. But we, we bucket, within our, our um, investment areas, we bucket rent, what we call run and change. And run includes maintenance, it includes the continuous improvement type that are small, you know, the fixer type activities and those type things. And then change has both the larger continuous improvements, those things that are more project-based, and it has the innovation type things that are also underneath it. Our goal, we, we have requirement areas. There's life cycle requirement areas, cybersecurity areas, et cetera, that fall in the run. It's not just keep the lights on but it's making sure that we have a foundation out there to build upon. And sometimes I use the example of if you're going to build a skyscraper, you can't build a skyscraper on sand. It's going to fall over. You have to have a solid bedrock. Maybe it's not the best bedrock in the world, but it has to be at least sustainable enough to meet for what you're trying to build. So we're not necessarily an industry that's going to have all the money to invest in areas, but we are one that has to foc- does focus on making sure we have enough do you keep the business enabled into where it's trying to go? But then when we look at the continuous improvement and the innovation, we actually balance the two. And when we try to balance the two, we, look, we do, a like most corporations, initially some type of bottom-up build that comes in by our business units or comes in by our functions. And we spend the time going, looking across through our teams we have, like a lot of companies have, we have a business partner team that's a business unit focused, and we have a value chain team that has the process and technology that goes across the functions. And when they're looking at those, we actually prioritize them because no one ever has enough money to do what, to go through. But we look at what's going to, again, move that needle the best. Are we trying to drive, what we're trying to drive, and if it's an innovation approach that's going to fundamentally make a big difference, Fantastic. Let's spend some more time. But it also goes back to what was referenced before, and I like, you know, when he says, does the executive staff says no way to it? We've seen both examples. Um, we had a situation not too long ago where the president of a business unit met with his leadership team, and I was sitting there with him. And he said to them, hey, guys, we've got two choices. Our competition's changing. They're becoming more aggressive. If we're going to survive in the future... Either we do continuous improvement what we have today or we do an innovative transformation and do things fundamentally different. What do you guys want to do? Do you want to nickel and dime this to death and see where we actually end up? Or, you, or since we're a small, like I said before, a small fish in a big pond, do you want to fundamentally make, a, make the difference? And if you do, that means we're going to stop doing other things. We're going to focus on this and actually invest properly with the leadership, with the other parts of the corporation and organization. And across the board, the entire leadership team says, yes, that's the right thing we need to do. And it was about transforming them and then how we, from an ISIT point of view, enable that to take place. And we purposely did it from that mindset versus one more ISIT project just to help ensure that, that this is going to be successful this time that the ownership, that the driving was enabling within the business units and the functions, but they fully recognize they can't do it alone. That's why we refer to each other as colleagues. We don't refer to each other as customers because together we can make each other successful. Independently, we will fail. 
Let's take a quick break, listeners. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Can I add something to that? Uh, if, if you look at innovation, there are two types of, of, of innovation, I, I always say. There is first, first one is processes and practices uh, which are in one industry already standard, but in an, our industry, for instance, groundbreaking. I have a good example in, uh, in the uh, uh, consumer electronics uh, industry where uh, uh, a fast-moving consumer good pricing model uh, was already around in the, in the FMCG for maybe 20, 30 years. In the, in the consumer electronics, it was not. So for consumer electronics, that was absolutely innovative and groundbreaking. For these innovation ideas, it's relatively easy to do a worth analysis because you have used cases. But then there is another type of innovation, which is the cha- what I call the change the world innovation, uh, the car instead of the horse, for instance, as, as we said earlier. Uh, this one is more difficult for people in business to, to understand uh, because you don't know what you don't know. So in that way, we created here a process with a third party, with a system integrator, to a trial and fail fast mode. And that takes almost the, uh, uh, the, the, the element of the process worth analysis. You trial something very quick and you use that as the worth analysis to create a proper business case. Because our business leaders are often set in their way of thinking and don't look beyond uh, uh, what they do, or they, they are too busy. Everyone is, is extremely busy, don't have time to read uh, a lot of articles on, on innovation. So they, it, it's very hard for them to understand if a change-the-world type innovation is going to work for our type of business. And in that way, the, tri- the trial-and-fail-fast method is, is actually a very good method because it shows the potential with some evidence. I think that I think was a good uh, uh, extension of what uh, uh, what was said before. Let's take a quick break, listeners. We'll be right back. And Jeff, when we come back, I'd like to understand your shift in the mindset and the strategy because earlier, circa 2000 or 2010 even, we were not moving as fast and digital or other types of disruptions in the way businesses are moving, the marketplace is moving, the customer requirements or demands are shifting. Wasn't that as crazy? But now everything is fundamentally disrupted. So should we even think about continuous improvement or should we just start sunsetting legacy or aggressively work towards consciously sunsetting legacy so you compete with the digital natives. Otherwise, it's going to be before time, before long, we will see older enterprises who are set in their ways will vanish. I mean, we have seen examples of that. What is, what is being done and what is being thought in that regard so that you are becoming relevant while competing effectively with the digital natives in these coming years. Please stay tuned, listeners. We'll be right back. Your growing business needs a highly productive workforce, effectively communicating and collaborating without exposing corporate data to cyber attacks. Are you looking to balance security and workforce productivity? Move beyond short-term measures and securely scale your business with BlackBerry Enterprise Mobility Management Solutions. To learn more, please visit blackberry.com forward slash enterprise. Patient-centered care requires a connected enterprise. Are you ready? If you're looking to scale your healthcare IT efforts, visit redmain.com forward slash health today. Whether it's to connect data from multiple partner solutions or developing software for unique needs, Redmain can help. To find out how Redmain can help your company deliver on the patient-centered care promise, visit redmain.com forward slash health. 
or call 773-693-3919. Visit today. Predict your company's future by creating it. Is your workforce able to connect, exchange ideas, and share brilliance simply and securely? Create tomorrow, today. Empower your people to innovate anytime and anywhere with secured BlackBerry Enterprise Mobility Management and Document Sharing Solutions. To learn more, visit blackberry.com forward slash enterprise. You are listening to CTN, CIO Talk Network with Sunjo Gall. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. So, looking at the disruption and the need to compete with the digital natives, should we even be thinking about continuous improvement? Should we be even thinking about cradling legacy if that's going to make us irrelevant or the risk of us becoming irrelevant. Jeff. Yeah, thank you. Um, our, in our business, we make trains, passenger trains, and we make planes, regional planes, turboprops, and business jets. And our competition is, as I mentioned before, is comes from two fronts. It comes from the larger corporations out there that you, that you would know. But it also comes from startups. It comes from, it comes from companies out there to have a vision, that have an idea, and, and want to do things differently. So as we kind of think about, our, think about ourselves as a business and also think about how we're going to compete in that digital native world, like a lot of corporations, we, ha- we have excessive amount of legacies out there you know, we can joke like others that we run our businesses on spreadsheets for the wrong reasons. But we also have to understand that we're competing against some businesses out there that don't have the issues, don't have the other parts we have to deal with. So what, the way we've kind of looked at it, and we use the definition a little bit different than maybe some other companies look at it, but we, what, we try, what we're trying to do is say, how do I improve our d- decision-making? How do I enhance the way, how, a way that I can make data-driven decisions? How can I do them faster and more agile? How can I be no, more nimble? How can I get better intelligence out there? Or, using the buzzword, how do I become an intelligent enterprise? And one of the things we have that the digital natives and the startups and others don't have is we have a lot of data, a lot of information, and we have size and scale that they don't have. But we fundamentally have to also look at and say, okay, how do I drive out value? How do I, or non, sorry, how do I drive out non-value uh, efforts so I can be more efficient and more effective? And if that means in some areas I, I need to think about the elimination of some of the um, legacy environments and change things, simplify it, you know, a big focus is how do I simplify our, our suite out there and really, and really try to get to a point where I'm helping everyone drive that productivity across the board, not just by a function or business unit, but overall productivity. That's the mindset of where we have to go into the future here and, and fundamentally make that change. You know, I, I think about an old book out there, and the old book is Who Moved My Cheese by Spencer Johnson. I think most of you probably have seen it or read yes. it. Right? And, you know, change happens. Anticipate it. Monitor it. Adapt to it. Quickly. Enjoy it. Well, we have to change. We need to adjust our cultures to be like startups. We have to adjust our own mindset so we can, so we can, we can operate like that digital native. And that's what we're trying to do within our own corporation for the reasons I gave you before. So, uh, Renee, when you look at how we are moving fast at this dizzying pace, and Jeff has also mentioned that they are committing to compete and be relevant in the future by shifting, what would make that shift become faster and versus 
versus you know the the rest of the organization just because of the sheer size or the inertia pulling us back what can we do to really make that happen i'm sure jeff i'm sure you're trying to uh, make uh, taking you're taking steps towards it but there are a lot of resistance for obvious reasons so rene if you were to create a playbook for someone to become digital relevant or the digital now relevant what would that look like given all the big legacy and and legacy mindset and applications and processes in place how would you how would you get over that yeah so so actually i i don't think it is it is impossible to do that but what you need to do is uh to i call it cross fertilize the organization with people from other companies so uh, so if you don't hire people if everyone stays at their place nothing happens uh, but if you get people in from other companies listen listen to them you create this open minded uh, uh uh communicative uh, uh culture where ideas can uh, uh can get ground so so you it is a cultural aspect uh which we need to change uh and for doing that you need a certain type of people uh into the organization to start uh uh having these having these discussions it's very important that the the, the CIO and the leadership team of the, the the of the IT organization is very very close to the business are partners of of the business and have this open open mindset uh in order to discuss these type of things uh, uh use cases of of companies that changed uh by the way i would not uh suggest to put all your eggs on the digital uh, world uh, because the company got big and was successful with what they did so far uh, was it not uh, IBM who in the 90s said the mainframe is dead uh, and uh, got into real trouble uh, and it's still around or copier companies who said uh, the the copier is dead because uh, people scan and print actually the reverse happened because everyone has copiers as printers now uh, i mean don't throw away the good things of your existing company but you have to do both you have to bring in new ideas and i always say here in in this company is you have a lot of disruptive companies in the uh, in the recruitment industry but we could use that disruptive uh, this disruption to become more competitive uh because we have more power than a lot of these startups uh if we have the right mindset to make things happen uh and i think that is that is it but you need people who can bring that message across who who discuss it so it is about getting people in the organization to to change that culture and in 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 and it depends how big your organization is but if if you are we have an organization of uh 8000 people uh it it is small enough to have say uh, 20 30 people across the organization uh who who have a different mindset and can bring that message across to our uh, uh, uh to decision makers so, so jeff i I'll just add to that um uh, jeff here um i fully agree you need that mix of the old blood and the new blood together you you need people who can who can think both as is and understand what we've done in the past learn from that but have the to be and that been that changing the culture and the mixing and one of the key things we found is you got to find individuals who like change you know even within our own ISIT organizations and that's one of the things you got to do is fix your own shop first but even within our own yeah. organizations there's people who like to do change but there's also people who don't like to be changed. And how do we get those individuals out there who are open to be the catalyst for it? To be to be the to help facilitate and drive it through. That's going to help drive across the board and how do you you need to find those also within the business units and functions. 
that you can latch on to or people who really are interested in making that uh, into your future. So that whole, that mixture, that two being, that the old and the new is, is so critical to ma- making your organization successful in the future. So Jeff, question for you. If I gave you uh, a scenario or an environment where there are no constraints, would you have still embraced legacy or would you always think legacy, if could be removed, would give you the breath of fresh air and allow you to think fresh? Because that mindset, or in absence of that mindset, we would behave differently and we will invest differently and our portfolio will be different. So, so um, one of the sayings I use a lot is the art of the possible. And as we sit down my, with the teams and I, and I work with them, I constantly ask them to think outside the box, to think what that art of the possibility is. But then to come back to the reality of life. You're, you can do so much change at once. And, you can, and if you attempt to change too much, you still have to get product out the door or whatever services and offerings that you do. And you, and you add, add risk to it. So no, I would not get rid of, if I had a limited pocketbook, I would not get rid of all the, all the legacy. But I would evaluate the legacy to say, okay, which, which piece of it can I go look at that's gonna fundamentally move that needle which piece of it is going to allow me to drive more revenue quicker or be more efficient in profitability and focus my efforts on that? Cause I, so the difference would be if I had no business and I was creating an environment first and then starting a business, fine. But people have to change the way they work. They have to change the way they operate. It's not about delivering new systems. It's about the sustainable adoption of solutions. And that's a big part of our role, is to get people to really understand how they sustain, how you're going to ensure that they adopt your solutions and sustain to it. So it's that journey management, that culture management, and we're all human, that's the hardest part to it. Let's take a quick break, listeners. We'll be back. And Renee, when we come back, love for you to share a good way to manage both innovation and continuous improvement in a fashion that it maximizes outcome for both because you'll have to structure your organization in a certain way to foster innovation and then to some extent similar or there would be a different way to structure it for continuous improvement. Could these activities be done in such a manner that you could cross leverage the mindset, the the resources, the the abilities of people that you have, or you need to work on that bimodal or uh, like other ways of creating your structure of the organization, which will keep them as two different camps. What would make sense? What has made sense when you have tried to do it in your organization? So listeners, please stay tuned. We'll be right back and explore. Predict your company's future by creating it. Is your workforce able to connect, exchange ideas, and share brilliance simply and securely? Create tomorrow, today. Empower your people to innovate anytime and anywhere with secured BlackBerry Enterprise Mobility Management and Document Sharing Solutions. To learn more, visit blackberry.com forward slash enterprise. Patient-centered care requires a connected enterprise. Are you ready? If you're looking to scale your healthcare IT efforts, visit redmain.com forward slash health today. Whether it's to connect data from multiple partner solutions or developing software for unique needs, Redmain can help. To find out how Redmain can help your company deliver on the patient-centered care promise, visit redmain.com forward slash health or call 773-693-3919. Visit today. Your growing business needs a highly productive workforce, effectively communicating and collaborating without exposing corporate data to cyber attacks. Are you looking to balance security and workforce productivity? 
Move beyond short-term measures and securely scale your business with BlackBerry Enterprise Mobility Management Solutions. To learn more, please visit blackberry.com forward slash enterprise. You are listening to CTN, CIO Talk Network with Sunjo Gall. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. So, Renee, talking innovation and continuous improvement, how would you structure your organization so that you get the most value for both of these areas? And if there are ways where you could cross-leverage any resources or activities or uh, people, whatever that you have at your disposal. Uh, yes, I think this is one of the most difficult things in, in, in IT organizations. If I uh, simplify it by saying uh, you have staff that work on the old world and you have staff that work in the new world, uh, uh, and that is, that, is, that is a difficult thing. Uh, uh, from the outset, it has to be made clear to staff that there are opportunities to get involved in the new world, even if they work on maintenance or, or continuous improvement in legacy uh, systems, even if they are necessarily not be part of the future, they still have to get the feeling that they are delivering value uh, uh, for, the, for the business. So I think... To do that, there are a couple of change management instruments to do that. You, 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 you let them train, increase their market value, things like that. But it's very important to, uh, uh, to, to let them feel valued. Then there is the, the other element, and I mentioned it earlier, is, is uh, a try, trial and fail fast. I, I believe real innovation can come from technologies where we don't have any capabilities. So we need to have a third party, uh, uh, potentially, to help us uh, and give us access to technology and to staff with technical skills that we don't have in our own company. So for true innovation, so uh, uh, change the world innovation, as I call it, that there we need to work with a partner. And, the, and internal staff manage that partner, partner and are often quite excited to be, to be able to get access to, to staff who work on these type of, of, of innovations. But it is, for me, it's one of the more difficult ones. If you put someone in, say, what, what I call the old world, they want to be in the new world or, uh, uh, and... Uh, uh, you, you have to manage that situation with every individual different. So, Jeff, if you're looking at your own organization, what all have you tried in this regard? You know, a lot of people talk about this bimodal and uh, other approaches to structure organization. Have you played with it? Sure. Actually, numerous times. And I actually don't believe in bimodal. I believe in multimodal. And what I mean by multimodal is, you know, we, we, we set up our operations, our teams, pretty much by value chain functional orientation. So they go across different business units, they go across different, fun, different areas. If I had taken a, a bimodal mindset to it, what I'd end up having is the haves and the have-nots. And for example, we, create, we tried to create a team not too long ago where that team was set up to do the leading innovation, the leading ideas, et cetera. And the intent was that they would be an incubator, that they would actually go out there, work with our more traditional teams, and bring new concepts, new ways of doing things. What we found that was happening is they were starting to separate. They were, because of the demand, what they were trying to do was great, but they weren't integrating, they weren't bringing the concepts back into the rest of the organization. So we're almost starting to create two different mindsets here, two different teams. And we found a better way of doing it was to take that concept, that innovation concept, and embed it into the deliverables of each of our team. 
course, you know, that I, you know, I also believe in the try and fail fast type approaches to it. But we also said to them, we want you to go out there. We want you to network with others, talk to other companies, understand what's, what they're doing and going on. You know, I, ISIT professionals meet, network, and talk a lot. We're very open with each other. We actually have a company in the UK that's in a totally different industry that we sign NDAs between us and them. We have no business relationship with each other. But we both found out that we were trying to focus on something and develop a concept uh, out there that we could leverage each other. Now, that type of networking works out great. And then we supplement the same way others do with third parties. But by also getting our folks to see and do things, we're not totally reliant on just the third parties to do do it. We've established an innovation fund. So we have actually each year money that's focused just for doing innovation type work. But we open it up to everyone so that we actually allow the teams to say, hey, I've got an idea I want to try here. Yeah, go through, get some quick approvals, and actually try to move, through, move forward. So my recommendation back is don't separate it. Treat it by multi, but incorporate it. Make it part of everyone's lifestyle. Make it part of, of the culture that you're trying to build. I have only 30 seconds. If I were to ask you, Renee, what would be your message to the people who are trying to balance continuous innovation, continuous improvement and innovation, what would you suggest to them? Um, for me, it's, it's very, very clear. It is IT leadership has to be completely integrated and be a partner with business leadership. They have to work together. Uh, uh, recruitment, where I work now, is a people's business and a technology business. It, it doesn't work anymore without technology. And that is where IT and business have to be working very close together. And if you focus on that, really being a business, true business partner, then I think the, the right topics will, uh, uh, will be discussed and decided. On behalf of the show and our listeners, I'd really like to thank you both, uh, Renee and Jeff, for sharing your thoughts on how organizations can balance the legacy, the continuous improvement, and the innovation to get the most for their respective companies. Thanks so much again. Thank you. You're welcome. And uh, listeners, please like us on Facebook. Search for CTN, that's CIO Talk Network. Be sure to follow us on Twitter and join our LinkedIn group. Thank you again for listening to this segment on CTN. This is Sanjog All, your talk show host. Till next week, take care and God bless. Thank you for tuning in to CTN, CIO Talk Network, with your host, Sunjoe Gall. To learn more about our program or for show archives, comments, or questions, please visit ciotalknetwork.com. Thank you again for listening.